0: Talk, talk. It's, real talk. it's real talk yeah with the main chip Washington it's, it's real talk. talk man it's real talk with your main chip Washington. Washington when it comes to information the main got an arsenal bring you up to speed yeah. with what you need he's a local and nationwide news feed and let's talk about it talk about dialect to do something about, about it about chip got the flow wide open you got questions about man. it man it's the show that brings you to your room to solve all problems. It's real talk. 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 It's real talk.
1: And here we go. Here we go on this Monday it is November 15th, 2021. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are in the midst of the experience we like to call Real Talk Memphis. Welcome in. Welcome in wherever it is you are uh, out in this great big wide world or, you know, county, city, state, wherever. By the way, uh, you know, I, I I tend to keep track of uh, some where people kind of check out the show, and we have actually had some um, downloads from the country of India, like India, like way across the pond, India, India has actually heard this show. Not many folks in India, but but, but some folks in India, so shout out to India. What's up? How y'all doing? <laughs> anyway, glad to have you with us uh, on this uh Fine day, a lovely day today. It was uh, no rain, not too bad on the temperature scale, everything good. So, I'm good, you good, gang's all here. Lola's here, Jack's here. I'm sure Nicole will be on her way in just a few moments. So, before we get into uh, what we normally do on this uh, Monday, a uh, couple of things you need to know as, as to how you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. Well. Uh, we are on live 91.7 WYXR on your FM dial right now. You can also catch us on the website, which is wyxr.org, or you can find us on the TuneIn app, also live. Put in, put in WYXR in the search and you can uh, hear us crystal clearly. And uh, for those uh, who follow such things, uh, we are also on Facebook Live. And uh before we move forward, you know, there's a there are there are some suggested ways that you can become a real Talk Memphis uh supporter. Uh Lola, can you tell folks how they need to do that? All those things, follow, like, and share, yeah. And also, you know, somebody told me that you can set your notifications for this show too before the show actually comes on. So anyway, glad to have you with us uh, along for the ride. As I always say, uh, I think we have a pretty good show for you tonight because I sincerely think we have a pretty good show for you tonight. So we hope you think so. And uh, we hope you stick around for the hour now. um, We are a podcast, of course. You should know that by now. And if you don't happen to catch us tonight, fear not. They will post the show on the website tomorrow and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. So um, do that. Pay attention. Stay close uh, and uh, in, and enjoy this evening. Now, speaking of enjoyment, of course, uh, many of you like to let the entire world know when it is your birthday. So We thought we'd get in on the action, and we would celebrate you. We would give you the shout-out. We would give you the props on your special day. But not before I say, hit it, Jack. Happy
0: birthday!
1: Yeah, this is for you out there. Are you all celebrating birthdays on this day? The 15th day of November Ready? Here we go Lonnie Anderson I'm sorry Lonnie Anderson (laughs) Lonnie Robinson Lonnie Robinson is your birthday Happy birthday to you sir Also happy birthday goes out to Doug Adams To Deacon Jones I'm sorry Deion Jones I'm having you know I'm going to have my eyes transplanted Between now and the end of the show So I can see better but that's Deion Jones Happy birthday Linda so happy being me, Kathy. It is your birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Mr. Rod Ford, to Miss Patricia Jones, to Miss Tony La Pesca, one of the best writers and reporters I've ever known. She is uh, celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Brian Anderson. And happy, happy birthday to Constance Fields. Now, you didn't uh, give me your information uh, today well that's okay because i'm still wishing you a happy birthday from all of us here at real talk memphis enjoy your day and uh, enjoy being another year older is another is it what they say another trip around the sun you made it so we hope that you're here to celebrate with us next year thank you jack as uh we uh dip into some uh, news and notes and uh there's been some interesting conversation about uh, mask mandates and COVID-related uh, information. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, over the weekend, they had a, a, uh, a unity walk, a gun violence, uh, you know, unity walk over the weekend on Saturday. And then sometime between that point and this point, uh, there were four women shot uh, in three separate incidents across the city of Memphis within six hours of each other. One of those ladies did not survive her injuries. And, of course, uh, this has community activists sounding the alarm. As yet, there was yet another, as I said a few moments ago, a community walk. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about this whole subject topic of the streets and the danger we face in the streets of Memphis because we do. And we're going to talk to a guy uh, in just a few minutes who is very, very much uh, in tuned to what is happening out there and has spent you know it spends his days um i'm actually trying to figure out what the problem is why the problem continues to exist and what we can do about that we'll talk more about all that in just a few minutes uh let me talk about this uh, covid deal um and in terms of um where we are now last week the judge not the judge last week uh the governor signed uh, into law uh, several bills Having to do with the uh, mask mandate, uh, kind of basically cutting the mask mandate here in the state uh, from all schools, from all businesses and private entities and things like that. Uh, And that all happened uh, last Friday. Well, uh, over uh, the last couple of days, uh, there have been some lawsuits filed uh, prior to the uh, bill signing law. Uh, over the weekend, uh, there was an existing lawsuit uh, by Judge Lipman who basically said uh, that uh, Shelby County schools, all of them, were to remain uh, in uh, with a mask mandate. In other words, faculty, staff, and students from uh, anybody in any school district in Shelby County uh, had to be uh, mask wearing compliant. Well, Uh, When the bill was signed by the governor supposedly removing those restrictions, several of the municipalities, Germantown, Bartlett, Collierville, Lakeland, Arlington, uh, Millington, they all sent uh, a correspondence home uh, to the parents saying that starting today, they would be optional. Mask wearing would be optional. Well, um, about an hour or two after that, um, there was a, a, uh, another uh, lawsuit filed uh, against uh, the state for this. And yesterday, there was a decision by a federal judge uh, who basically said, because of the confusing nature of where we are um, in terms of the mask mandates, should we, shouldn't we, who should, who shouldn't, who is, who isn't, uh, he said that it should be, quote, unquote, A status quo. Now, the Shelby County Health Department (coughs) has informed all the municipal school districts that they must comply with the recent court order uh, that uh, the current health directive regarding masks inside all school buildings will continue to be in effect, as I said, for all faculty, staff, and students. And uh, the uh, U.S. Middle District Court judge yesterday, uh, Judge Crenshaw, Uh, appeared to order a temporary halt to the enforcement and implementation of Tennessee's new law banning public school mask mandates. Basically, hold what you got for right now. He's going to have some other hearings um, and may uh, come down with some ruling sometime after Thanksgiving. In other words, a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, anger, uh, parents who thought this was about done. And at least we're given the choice. Uh, that choice was taken back from them. So from now, from, now, from this point on, you have to continue to uh, mask your children up on a daily basis for all schools in Shelby County. Yeah, that's not going to go over too well. So we'll see. But, but we will see how things move along as time moves along. In other news, <clears throat> the uh, Astroworld concert, of course, uh, hosted by Travis Scott a couple of weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately uh, the death toll has risen from 8 to 10 a 22 year old female uh, uh, died as a result and yesterday uh, the youngest of uh, all of those victims a nine-year-old boy uh, died uh, yesterday uh, as a result of uh, being uh, crushed at that concert so uh, you know you you've heard about it Uh, there are lawsuits there are lawsuits uh, pending uh, all over the place. Uh, I think there's like 100 and maybe I think close to 200 or 300 lawsuits. And um, and um, uh, Benjamin Crump, you know, the noted attorney, civil rights attorney, is representing at least 200 people in this. So stay tuned. Stay tuned because it's it's uh, uh, it's ever evolving and uh, we will see, you know, what happens. But again, a very sad and tragic uh Uh, into all of this. Uh, In uh, sports news, you know, the Tigers, as in the uh, Memphis Tigers, lost a heartbreaking overtime uh, game uh, this past Saturday to East Carolina, 32-29. And if you saw Ole Miss dismantle uh, uh, Texas A&M over the weekend. They are like they're becoming like the darlings of what's going on out there. So, uh, you know, we need to get the Tigers revved up so at least they can get into a bowl game before it's all said and done. Of course, the Memphis Tigers are not the Memphis. Well, they're they're in action too, but the uh, Grizzlies are like five and five. Uh, you know, they're kind of up and down, and uh, you know, as the season is continuing to move along. So, y'all, keep, continue to root for the Grizzlies, pull for the Grizzlies, pull for the Tigers, you know, pull for the home teams, and let's pull them across the finish line. What do you say? All right. Uh, there was something else I was going to tell you about, and I can't remember what it is, but this is what happens when you get old and your mind doesn't work. Uh, I will lay out the guest list uh, for the show tonight. Uh, as I mentioned, that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's, what's happening out here on these streets with Liddell Beeman. Liddell is the executive director of the Heal the Hood Foundation. And he's going to talk about <coughs> that and uh, that group's efforts to try to figure out why it is uh, folks are going so crazy out here because there really is no regard for, for life in, a, in our city, in our communities at all. It doesn't matter if you're a man, you're a woman, you're a child. It's just getting worse and worse. And maybe he can kind of give us some answers as to what he is hearing, because he's a man from the streets, of the streets, who's trying to help heal the streets. A little bit later on, we are going to talk with uh, Jared Barnett. He is the CEO of Slingshot Memphis, and Slingshot Memphis is an organization basically um, put together to sort of help those who are trying to help The poverty situation here in the city of Memphis, Uh, they're basically a think tank. And uh, they provide groups, organizations, nonprofits with ideas and suggestions and, uh, uh, you know, a real clear plan as to how to approach uh, this particular dynamic of poverty. And in the uh, second half hour, we are going to talk with Brittany Thornton, and she is the founder and executive director of Juice Orange Mound. And, uh, you know, she's from that area and she felt like, you know, it's historical value and uh, relevance um, needed to be enhanced a bit. We all know it's, it's, it's old and it's deteriorating, but she's come up with a rather unique way uh, for all of us to be able to help to contribute just a few cents. So change to make change. More on that a bit later on. But this is Real Talk Memphis. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back. Uh, We will talk to my man, Liddell Beeman. Uh, Glad to have you along for the ride on this Monday evening. Our first break, right back.
4: That's why our community health partners are working together to fight the disease. Head over to Crosstown Concourse on November 18th for free music, food, and fun. Bring your family and friends to support our community and promote lung health. That's November 18th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Crosstown Concourse. To learn more, visit BreatheBetter.care. That's BreatheBetter.care. We'll see you there.
3: Train is proud to sponsor WYXR and its mission of supporting Memphis's musical legacy and future. Train has been offering commercial HVAC and energy solutions in Memphis and the Mid-South area for over 60 years. More information at train.com.
1: And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on uh, this Monday evening. Your humble host, Chip Washington, with you. And uh, before I go on, I just want to say thank you to those of you out there who are starting to pay attention to this broadcast. I know that, uh, uh, you know, Monday is, a, a, you know, I don't know, folks, you know, after at the end of a long day, you get tired and, you know, folks got things to do. and but But for those of you who do check me out, check us out, check the show out, Really, really appreciate it. I notice it. it doesn't go unnoticed. I, I, I see that. And, of course, you can catch us on Facebook Live. And, uh, of course, we're a podcast, so you can pick us up uh, every Tuesday after the show is posted in the afternoon, wherever you get your podcast. And I am noticing that there's a little bit of an increase in traffic. So, you know, you guys are starting to maybe find the show. So keep it up. Keep it up, because we appreciate you. I also appreciate my first guest, a man who is he's a young fella, but he is uh, someone who is really dedicated to trying to improve um, what is going on out in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our streets. He has formed his own foundation. It's called Heal the Hood. He is the executive director. He is Liddell Beeman. And Liddell, thanks for coming on, man. I really uh, appreciate having you. Hey, thanks
4: for thanks for having me, sir. Listen.
1: I mean, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. I hear. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, listen. Um, first of all, for those who don't know, talk about the Heal the Hood Foundation. Talk about why you decided to, uh, you know, create this foundation and what it is uh, that you would define as your mission.
4: Well, you know, Hilda Hood Foundation of Memphis, you know, is basically a, a arts and a media science organization because uh, one of the things about what we do is that we use the arts to be able to curb a lot of uh, violence that's in the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me... It was just about being able to explore options. I was uh you know, I was born in the inner city, you know, raised in the inner city. But the thing that really got me out of a lot of trouble, you know, I come I have the same elements that a lot of the kids are faced with now. Mm. And my thing is coming from a single parent home growing up where, you know, drugs, gang activity was in the community. Mm. As a matter of fact, four of the guys that grew up in my hood ended up on America's Most Wanted. And so wow. for me being able to literally uh, put an instrument in my hand and be able to leave from South Memphis and go to Colonial um, Middle School, junior high back then, and then go to Overton High School. I I developed a a new concept of how life works, you know, and how things work. And so for me, I was able to really, after um, the first kid that I worked with, ended up getting his brains blown out and left in an abandoned house. That kid said something to me that was so powerful. He told me, all I want to do is when I get back from Job Corp, I want you to pick me up in the summer, and we start doing plays, and I want you to do all this stuff. And I was like, that's cool. But he, but Marvin Robinson never made it back to Job Corp in Virginia because they found him in an abandoned house with his brains blown out through the back of his head. And when they tried to find out who murdered Marvin Robinson, uh, they put these T-shirts on. The police couldn't find out who did it. But at the end of the day, uh, the community fleshed out the murderer, and it was his best friend. And so I look at stuff like that and I feel like we have an answer. We've attracted a lot of celebrities uh, to the city of Memphis, which I'll get into uh, uh, if time permits. But uh, because of that, we've had the opportunity to get hundreds and thousands of kids out of gangs to be able to be one of the most uh, prominent organizations inside of the uh, Shelby County school system. And uh, we've done work in Fayette County. We've done work all the way up um, to Alaska,
1: believe it or not. You uh, mentioned uh, talking, uh, especially to a lot of these young folks out there, and trying to help them find a, a more positive, better way. Uh, what do you hear from young people? I mean, I know you you, have, you keep your post, you keep your your ear pretty close to the pulse of this community. What are these young people telling you about what they're facing, what they're dealing with, uh, the pressure in the streets? What, what what's going on out here?
4: It's, it's not enough exit signs, you know. When when, when I'm talking to kids, you know, especially uh, I had a situation where there was a parent who literally took her daughter to fight another girl uh, at her house. Right. And, uh, and I know you heard you probably heard about this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, that kid literally goes to one of the schools that I work at, and to just know that her her she she took she took this child to a fight, but ended up getting murdered as a parent herself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the kids that I'm, that I'm dealing with, you know, that I see, you know, I've dealt with kids that have, that have been on the other side of the trigger, that have done the murdering, and I've dealt with kids that have received a bullet that's now on the ground. And when I listen to these kids and see their stories, what they're talking about is that it's not enough for them to do in this city. That everything that is happening is shaped around Taking them to a grave. And so they follow in there because from the radio, from the music, you even look at uh, if you listen to traditional radio, yeah. uh, I don't want to call the stations out, yeah. but uh, I heard uh, Pastor White Mike say something that was so powerful. He said that African Americans were the only group of people that makes music that degrades our women. And we talk about killing each other in the community and it's played on the radio. No other race does that to the degree that African-Americans do.
1: Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. And you're, and you're a hundred percent right about that too. I mean, the, the, the rap music is, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough out there. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are talking with Liddell Beeman. He is the executive director of the Heal the Hood foundation. And um you know, kind of, kind of talking about you know what 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 really is the root cause of of some of the violence that we've seen. And you're you're a young you're a young man, and you know I think that for many of us older, um, a lot of us try to do what we can to try to you know to talk to the young people to help to you know encourage them you know to a better that there's a better road and a better path to take. But it seems to me that someone who is younger can relate better to them. Do you find that in all of the young people that you do deal with uh, as an organization and a, and a, and in a, a group?
4: I've, I've seen it, but, but um, the strength, the strangest thing is too, I've seen the older guys be able to come in and make an impact. It's really about, you know, being able to connect with these kids on the level that they are, because when you come in judgmental, first of all, that's the wrong thing to do to come in judgmental. But when you come in with an open ear and you have something to offer, you know, a lot of these kids will perk up and listen to what you have to say. I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen it on both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, um, a lot of these kids, you know, you, you look at rappers like Yo God, you Young Dolph, all, these are the preachers for these kids right now. Mm-hmm. And the message that a lot of these kids are getting is negative. And so you have to, you know, be able to not only relate to the kids, but to be able to offer them a different perspective. And I think that's what happens is sometimes the wisest things that are being said to these kids are opening them up now because they don't want to die. But at the but at the end of the day, they don't have a reason to live. And we got to give them that reason to live.
1: So, you know, and having said what you said about the music, uh, which, you know, can cross all types of genre. I know that, you know, rap and gangster rap and a lot of these these songs and things that you hear do glorify violence and a, and a violent way of life, a violent you know way toward women and a lot of other things. How much responsibility do you place on? Uh, these musical performers, especially these young folks, uh, you know, who are up and coming, trying to make a name for themselves, particularly in the in the rap game. How much of responsibility should they take in terms of the influence that they have on, on some of these young folks?
4: I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's such a great area because, you know, I feel like they should take full responsibility. But what happens is I've done a lot of work with a uh, master Pete. Mm-hmm. And I remember one year we were uh, doing a celebrity basketball game. We've been friends for years. And uh, we were at a radio station here in Memphis. And he wanted to play one of his positive songs on the radio. He asked him, he said, We got to play one of the positive songs, a song called Lonely Road. And the station said, No, nah, we, we go hard over here. We want to play Armored Truck. And so the industry forces African Americans to really to really be able to be the spokespeople for or the voice of blacks right now and saying that this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so now you look at I can't eat or I can't feed my kids unless I conform to the mold that the industry has set. And so that's it's a formula. And then you look at the parents who are not so far removed from these kids now. And so they don't have the wisdom to pour into these kids because they're doing exactly what their kids are doing. And you think about the parent who that we were talking about earlier who took her daughter to fight another kid. Now, you're supposed to be removed from this foolishness. Mm. But you're doing the same thing that your children are doing. So now the adults are falling into peer pressure of their kids. The kids are involved, and their parents are going right along with them. And so I think it think the, uh, the it's, it's a it's a great area there because a lot of these rappers don't want to do. Master P didn't want to really do, after he got older, even the No Limit tour that's, uh, that's coming to uh, the Landers Center. That's not music that he really wants to do, but the public supports that because they've been fed it.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's, a, that's some that's deep insight there. Now, you, you talked about the fact that you work with uh, you know some 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 celebrities and and some you know some some rather large profile folks out there. I know you had a big event uh, over the weekend. Uh, you know one of your one of your uh, you know one of your uh, fundraising benefits, and you had uh, Coach Lionel Holland uh, as your guest speaker. Talk a little bit about you know how you get these folks involved in what you're trying to do.
4: Some some of it is uh for for us uh but Hunt one of the uh, one of our our CFO ended up reaching out to him on social media and she ended up getting him and uh, he loved what we were doing and he ended up uh you know being sold out to come into the event but a lot of the other celebrities they hear about uh, what we've been doing and they catch on to it and they get excited and they want to be a part even our people like Robert Towns and Keenan Ivory Wayans we've done a, done work with them here in Memphis under the radar mm-hmm. but Coach Lionel Hollins. He said something at the benefit dinner that was so profound. He said he was talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and he was talking. He talked about they had their hoods on, and kids were trying. They were hollering and screaming, but they didn't even acknowledge the kids. And, and, um, and Coach Holland said, "Look," he said. "You," he said, "I'm not saying sign their autographs and sign everybody's autograph." He said, "But if you would just take off the hoods and look in their direction and wave at them, it would make a difference exactly. in a kid's life, even if you did it."
1: Exactly. And
4: so. Uh, I look at people like Coach Hollins uh, being somebody who we're going to be yoking up with, doing some powerful things because he understands that a kid is just saying, "If you just make me feel like somebody, I can come out of what I'm in and start thinking different." Because those kids, they—I mean, the people we're dealing with, the celebrities—they get.
1: It. Before I let you go, um, how is it that uh, just a simple, simple question? You know, you're 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 uh, you're known as for Heal the Hood. Uh, How do we heal the hood? And more importantly than that, um, folks who want to get involved in your mission uh, in what you're trying to do um, to rescue our young people, how can they get involved?
4: Well, hood is a suffix at the end of words like brotherhood, fatherhood, parenthood, motherhood, sisterhood. Everybody has a hood. And if we would stop for a second to really start becoming a better mother. It would heal motherhood, and we would start becoming a better father. We heal fatherhood, and we become a better priest or preacher. It will heal the priesthood. And you look at Memphis as far as uh, being with all of these different churches. We have thousands, a few about three chapters thousand african-american churches mm-hmm. and they're in the inner city but the inner city is not being transformed and i look at people that are really doing the work like pastor charlie caswell like ricky floyd those are the people that are the rare breeds that are transforming their communities because they've been there they've done that they got the t-shirt and they have the formula to be able to do it and all of us in our own way are telling people you have to be able to heal your own individual deal dealing with your own trauma so it won't go from generation to generation to generation and so we tell people the best way to help us is to not just write a check but to come alongside of us and make a difference and be a light in the community so people can reach us at uh, hthmemphis.org mm-hmm. that's our website all of our social media is on there is hthmemphis.org mm-hmm. you can see a lot about what we're doing with the brand new hero empowerment center where we're going to uh, uh, build a universal like theme park here in the city we've been uh, been adopted we've been given gifted 7.02 acres of land and we're excited about being able to bring something that Memphis needs
1: man I tell you what I talked to Charlie uh, Caswell about you and uh, he said that you know he's the truth and my friend you are the truth and uh, God bless you for what you are trying to do and I know no doubt uh, before it's all said and done you will make a difference uh, in in our communities Thank you, Liddell, for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you. And, and anything that we can do for you here at Real Talk Memphis, all uh, you have to do is uh, hit me up and it's done.
4: I'm honored to honor, Mr. Chip. And we said stop and stop
1: with Sirs, Mr. Chip. I'm honored. Take good care of yourself, man, and, and stay safe out there. I appreciate you, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Liddell uh, Beeman. Uh, and that's a young man with a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge. And more importantly, he's dedicated to trying to make things better here in the city of Memphis. Thank him for uh, being on the show. When we uh, come back after this uh, second break, uh, we are going to uh, kind of sort of stay with the theme of uh, how to make Memphis better. Uh, and we have the executive director of an organization, Uh, that is dedicated to doing just that. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. You know who you are. We'll be right back.
3: Support for WYXR comes from our neighbors at Crosstown Brewing Company. Their tap room is open seven days a week. Available to taste now. Seven Second Delay, a Vienna lager brewed with the spirit and sound of WYXR in mind. A portion of proceeds from sales will be donated to aid WYXR in its mission for impacting the community through radio. Find more information at CrosstownBeer.com. The Dillard family of companies, including Dillard Door and Security, Tri-State Glass, and Trace Electric, are proud sponsors of WYXR. For the past 75 years, the Dillard companies have provided products that secure Memphis, from installing the iconic gates at Graceland to the Memphis Tigers Liberty Bowl locker room. Dillard protects what matters to Memphians like you. For more information, visit dillarddoor.com.
4: You've been
3: Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com visit.
1: And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday. Chip with you, and uh, of course, we had a really good uh, conversation with uh, Liddell Beeman uh, from Heal the Hood a few minutes ago, and another man, I think, in uh, in his own way, in his organization, is trying to heal the hood, or hoods, here in Memphis, and uh, basically uh, dedicating uh, their mission uh, to helping to solve or find solutions to the poverty issue here in Memphis, which we all know uh, is a big uh, problem. Uh, pleased to welcome to the show, Jared Barnett. He is the executive director of Slingshot Memphis. And Jared, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Glad to have
5: you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
1: So, you know, so listen, you know, you and I talked a little bit offline uh, before you came on kind of about the, the mission of Slingshot Memphis and what you do as an organization to help other organizations and agencies try to 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 zero in on uh, more of a targeted and strategic, uh, you know, mission to what they're trying to do. But for those of us who don't know, and the, those of the listeners who don't know, tell us about what Slingshot Memphis is all about.
5: Yeah, happy to. Uh, So Slingshot Memphis, we think of ourselves as a poverty-fighting center of influence, and our mission is to revolutionize how we fight poverty. Uh, You know, we we look at the city and we see, you know, we have historically been a very giving city, but yet that hasn't translated to a reduction in poverty over the last 50 years or so, and so we've got to ask ourselves why. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we found that hasn't been available is a objective and kind of consistent way of understanding what works and what doesn't when it comes to helping alleviate poverty And so we have all of this great effort, uh, a lot of heart and desire going into trying to serve the community and those who are experiencing poverty but we haven't had a great way of, of measuring is it working what's most effective how do we make something you know more effective and so our goal is to help empower uh, other nonprofits, philanthropists, foundations and anyone who's trying to alleviate poverty with the information that will allow them to do that most effectively and then ultimately change the lives in a positive way of those they're working to, to serve and help.
1: So would you say that you were, um, for, for, for more or less of a term, a think tank? Because it sounds like that's what you are. You, you guys, you know, you really, you really, I guess, depending on the group and the organization, and we'll talk about a couple of those specifically in a minute that you help. But, I mean, to, to really sit down and sort of identify, okay, what is it that you're trying to do and how can we help you get there? Am I, am I on the right track with that?
5: Yeah, it's on the right track. The one thing I'd say, though, is we kind of think of a think tank as sometimes something passive or so, a group of people that kind of sits up somewhere and gathers some data and does stuff. We like to be much more active in how we think about it. Okay. So mm-hmm. we work hand in hand with these poverty fighting organizations in the city for months at a time, working with them, understanding what are they doing, what research is out there that could help enhance what they're doing, uh, helping them understand the data that they have about you know the people they get to work with. And so it's it's a very active and engaging way that we try and take to this versus being something that's aloof or, or purely theoretical.
1: Give us a couple of examples of some of the organizations that you have uh, worked with or are working with currently and how you are zeroing them in on the mission that they're trying to achieve.
5: Yeah. Uh, so one that we've been grateful to work with is the producer of Hope, which is based in the Salvation Army uh, here in the city. And so, we started working with Sharon Cash and, and the, the team there at Produce Center of Hope several years ago. They're one of the first organizations we worked with. And through our work together, we helped Sharon and her team realize that Produce Center is the largest organization that helps provide shelter for women and their children. Uh, so unlike a lot of situations where women and children are separated when they're in a housing stabilization instability, um, and the children often have to go to the foster system, Produce Center provides an alternative to that that allows families to stay together. And so as we studied their benefits, we helped them realize that the thing that disproportionately was providing benefits was for the youth that were able to stay with their parents and mm-hmm. stay with their mothers mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and uh, receive that kind of family structure still. And so they've been able to shift some of their programming to emphasize the benefits that provide youth in a way that they didn't realize before and so it's influenced how they've raised money how they've expanded the people they've hired to provide you know tutoring and support for their uh, their youth that are residing with them uh, and it's been just a neat experience to see how they've been able to with that additional information really focus on where they're disproportionately adding able to add value in the community uh and and the, the women and, and children that they get to serve
1: we are speaking with uh jared barnett he is the executive director of slingshot memphis and as you uh, are listening uh, he is and his organization is really dedicated to helping uh, try to uh, fix what has been a long-standing problem here in the city of memphis uh, and that is poverty now uh and and checking out your website you have a rather impressive uh, group of uh, organizations and businesses and others that you have helped. Would you say that uh, that list continues to grow based on your, uh, your uh, reputation in, in terms of helping some of these organizations?
5: So definitely growing. We just invited another six organizations to work with us here last month and are excited uh, to uh, work with them. That brings our total to 36 organizations now that, that we get the opportunity to work alongside. And, uh, you know, for us, our goal is to, to grow pretty rapidly here in the next several years. We kind of feel like we've been able to validate our approach and, and you know, figure out what works and doesn't for what we're trying to do. And so, you know, we want to double or triple the number of organizations we work with here in the next few years. And I think, you know, the biggest piece of the... Chip that I says leads to that is really the relationships that we've been able to build with the organizations we work with. Right. And when it comes right. to poverty, it's it's you know it's not like making a, a widget in a factory that you can't fix it by tweaking a little thing here or there. It, it deals with people, right. And so for us, it's we take that approach that you know we're dealing with humans that are unique and and special and talented in their own ways. The organizations we work with is the same. And so I think it's it's the opportunities we've had to build some really strong relationships with these poverty fighting organizations that. Has
1: helped us grow. Well, it sounds like you have a sort of a basic template, but because of what you just said in reference to everybody's different, every organization's different, every need is different. You have to you have to be very flexible in 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 how you. Uh, once you hear uh, what the challenges are or see what the challenges are um, as to um, how you can help them strategically uh, move into a, a, a different direction. Do you find that uh, challenging on its face or d- does it depend on the organization or do you have just sort of a kind of a basic template as to how you approach, uh, you know, I- any particular situation?
5: Yeah. So, uh, the way we think about it is we have kind of a framework that we can view the world in. Right. But we have to apply that framework differently for different organizations. And so for us, we don't view poverty as one or two things. We view it as many interconnected factors that contribute to to poverty. And so in our view, in order to help someone escape poverty, you have to address all of those factors. And so that might include health or transportation or employment or um you know, uh, education, right? There's there's a variety of things here. And so our our work has been really intentional around trying to be robust enough that regardless of how an organization is trying to help alleviate poverty, our approach is is flexible enough to help them and, and allow us to customize that framework to the, what the organization is doing.
1: Do you stay with these organizations, Jared? I mean, do you all I mean, you know, you you help you, you say you have over thirty that you that you're dealing with right now and that's a lot. Um, You know, your staff is relatively um, um, small and and I know you're growing all the time, but I mean, do you stay with them? I mean, is there some sort of a kind of a metric that you follow in terms of three months, six months? I mean, you know, talk a little bit about that.
5: Yeah. So I mean, our goal is to work with these organizations as long as we're finding ways to enhance each other's value. And so the first year we work with an organization, we conduct what we call kind of a baseline impact study to really get a good understanding of what they're doing. Uh, and study that, you know, the research and analysis that would help find opportunities to further enhance that and each year we update that study uh, and provide new insights, new opportunities for greater impact so that on an annual basis we're continuing to help them uh, understand where they're at, what's improved, what might have regressed and continue to be a thought partner on, on their evolution in poverty fighting.
1: Man, this is really I'm I'm really impressed with uh, listening to you talk about what you're trying to do for people who want to know more or learn more about uh, what Slingshot Memphis has to offer. uh, Please give us uh, some contact information for you and your organization.
5: Absolutely. So, you know, our goal is this is a movement. We can't do it by ourselves. So we're inviting everybody to be a part of this. Uh, You can visit our website, Mm SlingshotMemphis.org. Uh, to learn more about us, you can contribute to our effort by using the ma- insights that we're making available on our website. You can uh, encourage others. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and you can also invest in us and uh, or in the organizations we work with. We have uh, options to do both uh, to help further amplify, again, you know what we have evidence of is working.
1: Jared Barnett. CEO, executive director of Slingshot Memphis. Thank you, man, for coming on the show tonight and really giving us uh, some, some, some pretty deep background about what you have been doing and what you continue to do for the betterment of Memphis and Shelby County. And you're welcome back to uh, Real Talk Memphis anytime. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it.
5: Thank you so much, ship
1: all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jared Barnett, uh, really some solid information there about, uh, you know, a big problem here in Memphis. And it's nice to see organizations like his uh, trying to do uh, their best to uh, help uh, in that regard. Someone else who is uh, dedicated to helping her particular community is my next guest. Uh, we're going to take our last break of the broadcast. And when we come back, we're going to visit with Brittany Thornton. She is the founder and director of Juice Orange Mound. What is that, you say? Well, you have to stick around to find out. This is Real Talk Memphis. We'll be right back.
0: Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee. ¶¶
6: This is Janet, host of Jaunt with Janet, Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m., bringing you new releases in the rock, pop, and electronic genres with a little bit of the
4: old fused in, all here on WYXR Memphis, 91.7 FM.
2: Will's Kill, now on Mondays at midnight. WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis. I'm listening.
1: Yes, indeed. This is Real Talk Memphis with the coolest theme song in the city. I am Chip. Welcome back to the big broadcast. And uh, in case you were wondering uh, what you could do with your spare change and how it could really make a difference, I have my next guest can tell you exactly how to do that. Uh, She is Brittany Thornton, and she is the founder and director of Juice. Orange Mound. And this is a young woman who uh, is from that community, left and came back and decided that, you know what, she wanted to do something to try to make things better over in that historical community we call Orange Mound. And Brittany is joining me now. Brittany, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah,
6: absolutely. Thank you for having
1: me. Well, listen, so, you know, I saw a story about you and your organization, and I thought it was really interesting. And I wanted to sort of put a little bit more of a spotlight on it if we could and and kind of let you talk a little bit about the concept of juice orange mound and how a little change can make a big change. Hey, I
6: like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, we um we're just big dreamers as just a, um, an organization and body of people. Our um, our work is centered around current residents in Orange Mound. And so our whole bread and butter is just like engaging uh, more and more current residents. We have kind of a, a model that we're looking to um, execute. And so that model, um, the, I guess the engagement piece that we're rallying around is collecting spare change. And so this was something that we did. Um, it's been like two years back that we, that we tested out the idea Mm -hmm. and saw that it had a lot of promise. And so we went door to door collecting spare change. It was 30 volunteers, two hours and we collected $592. And so um, our whole thing is just really cultivating resident philanthropists that will want to give their spare change on a consistent basis Um, We've collected a a significant amount of data that shows that people are interested in supporting the process. So now we're just really focusing on getting our workmanship in place, getting our people in place so that we can do it with more efficiency. That's the piece where we're trying to figure out how to do it um, to the most optimal level possible. So $5 every house, you know, we stand to be able to collect over $11,000. Um, with the amount of parcels that we have in Orange Mound, so we know that the data is there. Mm-hmm. We just got to make sure that our people are like you know buying into the process.
1: That is really you know I I just really admire you um, for what you're trying to do for the folks out there. That's a wonderful community. It's it's our senior community. You know it's it's one of our it's one of our treasures, Orange Mound. And um, by the mere fact that someone can really contribute, really. Um, I guess what most people would think is a little spare change, but a lot and enough spare change really adds up. And based on what you just told me, I mean, it, it really can add up. And so uh, just, just, just think about what, if, if, if everybody contributed, however much you, you just said, man, you can make a substantial difference. Now, let me ask you this. What are, you, are your goals in terms of the improvement of the community um, by raising uh, this change to make a bigger change?
6: Yeah, for sure. So we always collect with the project in mind. Mm-hmm. So we cast vision for what we want to fund through the spare change. And the great thing is any, um, you know, way that the spare change falls short, we're able to leverage the funds that we do collect to be able to get more. So you can imagine if we're like, hey, Mr. Chip, like, you know, we we collected five hundred ninety two dollars. We know you are a abolished our caller. Can you match that amount? Then we can walk away in the same day, you know, with an excess of twelve hundred dollars. And if the project calls for, you know, a thousand dollars, then boom, we got those funds. And if it calls for 3000, then we just need to say, you know, we appreciate your match. Can you point us to someone else in your network that will be willing to match it again? And I think that the selling point that really um, is compelling to people is that when you really break down, you know, this process, there's so many more individual donors who through their small amounts of spare change have shown their investment that people wanna match it. And so um, it's just a really beautiful, you know, fundraising strategy for small communities like, you know, Orange Mound that want to um, do things for themselves. And so we we fund our events and programming, or we are proposing that Orange Mound funds events and programming through the spare change collection process.
1: We, we are speaking with Brittany Thornton. She's the founder and director of Juice Orange Mound. And basically they are collecting, uh, you know, small change, spare change, and uh, a little can go a long way. And it sounds like you really... I'm listening to you talk about this, and, and you get me excited. And I'm gonna tell you right now: I'm gonna donate. I'm going to donate, and I'm gonna do okay. a little bit more than spare change. But, I, I, but, <laughs> but I will say: I mean, are people excited about the approach that you, that you have? Because it seems very positive. It seems very forward thinking. And I mean, it's almost like how could you how could you resist? Because the the funds that you collect are going to save our, one of our, like I said earlier, one of our most cherished communities?
6: Yeah, you know, I'm sure that people are, like, really um, eager to do it again, people that have participated in the process before, because, like I said, it's been... I think that was um, it was a couple years back that we actually went out to collect blast. So all of us are kind of like, oh, let's do it again. And so um, yeah, you know, the pandemic hit and it just really kind of yeah. put a wrench in our <laughs> our programming. And so coming into 2022, I think you'll see us out canvassing again. The beautiful thing is that when we canvass, we you know we canvass with a project in mind. We ask for spare change, and then we always collect some data point. So there's some data point that we produce for ourselves. Communities like Orange Mountain don't have access to updated data. Right. So much of the information that's out there is so dated. And so it's a beautiful process for us to just get to know people um, and get a feel for how they're feeling. So, you know, we have not seen Spirit change discriminate. We've seen young people, old people, poor people, people who are addicted to drugs like yeah i mean like like spare change does not discriminate and that's the beautiful piece that everyone can be a part of the process
1: before i let you go take me down the road as we start to hopefully thaw out of uh, the covid pandemic uh, and 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 you know folks start to get back to i guess a relative new normal and you can get back out to you know to uh, you know picking up that spare change and and and, and moving forward with some of the projects what's your vision for the next two years, maybe three years, five years? Do you, or have you forecasted out that far in your thinking?
6: Yeah, for sure. So we're currently in a partnership with Rhodes college, um, to create a comprehensive neighborhood plan that focuses on six different areas. I hope I I don't miss out one. It's housing, education, crime and safety, health and wellness, um, economic development and cultural preservation. That's it. And so good. So we, um, yeah we are about a year and a half into this partnership and so the next two to three years will be spent um really um activating this plan you know the plan is being constructed to be thoughtful to work with existing community leaders so that their projects can get, you know, front-facing attention. We're really um wanting to like bring key stakeholders to the table to make sure that their projects have funds, resources and just people, you know, who can help uh, manifest the vision. So, I think that you'll start to see Im- like visible improvements in Orange Mound within the next 2 to 3 years. And that's both from the work that we'll do and work that other people are planning to do in Orange Mound. So, there are a number of different plans for the neighborhood. So, mm-hmm. I think the, you know, for those people who have one foot in, one foot out, they should stay because there are good things coming to the neighborhood.
1: That is absolutely awesome. And before you get out of here, tell folks how they can contact you. Tell folks how they can how, how they can uh, put, uh, participate in the process You know how we can all get involved. Please give us your contact information.
6: Yeah, for sure. So the, the easiest way um, is social media. So Juice Orange Mound on Facebook. And then J O M Memphis mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I do give out my number freely. So it's 901 300 6621. If someone is listening, that's 901 300 6621. Um, give me a call and yeah, we can plug you in. If you know a current resident in Orange Mound, just being a connector is the best way that you can serve us because we're, like I said, we're trying to connect with more residents. And so if you know someone, um, then we would love to get connected. Outside of that, I think that the work that we're doing at our our new homeless shelter on Park Avenue is something that people have really shown a lot of interest in. We didn't talk about that, but next time, let's dig a little deeper into that. Oh, we um, do it. And especially because of the holiday season. Um, there's great
1: opportunities to give. Absolutely awesome. I, I, am I, I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm so this is really, really great, absolutely great. And what the work that you all are doing is, 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 is God's work. And so. Um, as I bid you adieu, uh, thank you for coming on the show tonight. And please come back. I will bring you back. And, and, as, and as as we move down the road here and other projects and other things that we can help you with, um, please let us know. But Brittany Thornton, thank you so much for coming on. And I look to talk to you again.
6: Okay, we're going to send you the link for that donation. Everybody, you heard
1: it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. Th- thank you, Brittany. Have a great night. Thank you. All right, Take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Wow! What a great way to end the show, boy! I tell you what, as Jack plays us out, we—I've um, had a good time tonight. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's been because it's all been community-based. We've all talked about. How we can do better How we can be better How we can serve better You know And if we do all of these things uh, You know We can create better And I don't know How many of you Listen to me When I say things like this But it's important For all of us To to be invested In what we do And that's why I'm so happy To have this platform Each and every week To bring you uh, Guests and, and stories And stories uh, Focused on uh, things other than uh, myself and what we do on a daily basis because all of us together are what makes the puzzle and the pieces work. So, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for continuing to support the show. Like, follow, share. Get that right. Look at that. Thumbs up. Uh, Real Talk Memphis. Uh, And so, uh, for all of us, for Nicole, for Lola, for Jack, and for your humble host. We thank you for being with us. And I'm Chip. And I'm out.